Well, today uh, we've got an interesting moment that brings us together uh, for worship. And so I had some plans ahead of time about what kinds of things we were going to talk about today. Uh, And then probably just like my week, you were probably glued to the news, whether that's on TV screens or or your phones or your computer or however you watch the news. Uh, And so with how much we are talking about uh, our health uh, and how to be um, the church in the midst of a health crisis, uh, I thought it was important for us to, to talk about that. And so we are going to talk about a little bit about why churches everywhere have been closing uh, their in-person services, why there's uh, a reason and a precedent for that, and why our hearts are following God in this moment in that physical way, uh, but how there's actually an opportunity in this. There's an opportunity to be the church in a new way, and uh, we have a, a good mission, a calling that we get to live out in a unique way this week and in the upcoming weeks. And so uh, I want to mention something that you've probably seen on a lot of news stories and, and, and graphs, uh, but right now we're all just trying to flatten the curve which is just to say, we know that the virus is spreading and that it'll continue to spread, but we are just trying to do all that we can to limit and and slow down the spread of the virus so that our healthcare system can handle the amount of patients that it might need. And so the state has asked religious communities and and communities of all sort to to do their part uh, to limit contact. And so um, some people, though, have some suspicions or some concerns, and they, and they want to know, well, why do we only want to do this when there's just like a, such a small amount of people that this is going to affect in any extreme way? Why, why go to all these measures? Why not meet in person? You know, fatality rate, maybe, maybe 1%. You know, like, why are, we, why are we doing all of this? And so, I I can't help hearing that question, whether that's on Facebook or in person or however you might hear that question. I can't hear that without thinking of a Bible story. The story comes in Matthew and in the Gospel of Luke, uh, but Matthew 18 verse 10 and following is the parable of the lost sheep. And Matthew writes, what do you think? If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, Does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the the will of your father. It's not the will of your father that any one of these little ones should be lost. And I just can't help but be struck by this picture of, of this God who, who's looking for that one lost sheep, who's rejoicing and celebrating over finding that one lost sheep. Now, sometimes when we read Scripture, we just take it for granted that, oh yeah, of course God rejoices over this one lost sheep. But Rejoicing over finding that one lost sheep is not the only response to a shepherd who leaves 99 sheep behind and goes after that one lost sheep. Because there's a whole lot of grumbling that can happen in this situation. There's, it's not assumed 
that you should go after that one sheep. Shouldn't I protect the 99? Why, why go after this one sheep? And so I love how the Gospel of Luke actually um, makes this explicit, the grumbling. Uh, he doesn't tell this parable until he's told you that Pharisees and scribes are grumbling over Jesus' activity, who he's spending his time with, who he's, he's ministering to. And so they're upset because Jesus chose to be with people they considered beneath themselves, people they thought were sinners and, and unworthy of God's attention. And there's plenty of people today who grumble, why should I go through all of the extra difficulties of, of shutting down? Why should I go through the difficulties of, of my school closing or church canceling on-site activities or or, or avoiding events, and, and I, you know, I feel bad for you know, people who have weddings this weekend, and, and there's a lot of people who wanted public moments to be around each other, and it's not happening. And we can understand why grumbling happens. And we are all tempted to have a little moment of grumbling, even when you're fully on board with, with why we need to shut down and separate for a little while. But it's easy to grumble. But God rejoices over that one lost sheep being found. And so what makes this story unique to us in this moment is usually we talk about having to go and and seek out and find that one lost sheep. And today we're talking about how to save one lost sheep by staying away from each other for a little while. And that's such a different angle than we're normally thinking about. Usually it's, I gotta go venture out, I gotta go find that sheep. But today we're saying, hey, you know, it's okay to stay home. It's okay to to be indoors and to kind of separate yourself from others because we don't want to risk spreading disease to each other so fast that it causes more harm to those who are vulnerable in our midst. And so it doesn't matter if I think I'm going to be healthy. It's about is there one person in this room that I want to help protect and to save? What do I need to do? to protect them. And so right now we are called to go seek out that lost sheep to save them through not going out, through staying uh, in place, through staying apart for a little while. And there's actually some spiritual history and practice around separating yourself and, and isolation and quarantine. And it's maybe not the part of the Bible that, you know, in devotional time you just pick up and flip the pages to. Um, Maybe some of you don't spend as much time in the book of Leviticus, but Leviticus 13 through 15 is three chapters of instructions about quarantine. It's very detailed, and very detailed about what kind of little skin things might be going on somebody. And what it's concerned with is individuals who might have certain sicknesses that could be passed to their community. And so they're called to go to their priest to have it checked, And maybe you've had this moment where you've looked at something on your skin and you said, hey, can you come look at this mole? That's where that story from Leviticus, that's where that mentality comes out of is people saying, am I okay? Am I going to make other people sick if I'm not okay? And so in Leviticus, it gives these instructions about go to the priest and they'll determine whether you are clean or unclean. If you're unclean, you gotta leave the community for a little while, you gotta spend some time apart, and you gotta spend a week away. And maybe when you have that week over, you might have to start it back over. You might have to do another week apart. 
Uh, but you need to go to the priest and check yourself out, you know, for the good of yourself and for your community. And so I have to tell you my favorite one, because there's so many of these cleanliness, clean or unclean questions. But maybe this might be relatable to some of you uh, watching. Leviticus 13, 40 through 42. If anyone loses the hair from his head, he is bald, but he is clean. That's the good news. If he loses the hair from his forehead and his temples, he has baldness of the forehead, but he is clean. But if there is on that bald head or that bald forehead a reddish-white diseased spot, it is a leprous disease breaking out on his bald head or his bald forehead. And then you got to go out of camp. And so maybe, maybe you've looked at the mirror and you're wondering, what's going on with my hairline? Guess what? You're clean. Watch out for the reddish-white diseased spot. Um, and that's kind of a humorous look at one of the small things in this passage. But there's something real going on. Am I okay or am I going to endanger my community? And if I'm not okay, i got to leave camp. And even some of the time on this story, when you come back to camp, you still need to sleep outside of the tent. Stay away a little bit longer. And so, if you're unclean, isolate yourself. And it says this, The person who has the leprous disease shall wear torn clothes, and let the hair of his head be disheveled, and, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. We have a lot of covering of mouths, people wanting to buy all the masks. Um, hey, unclean, unclean. And he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. And that text gives so many little cues about social distancing of if you are a threat to those around you, and that's not because of a fault of your own. If you have a sickness, we don't want to spread it to anybody. We want to take care of those around us. We want to love our neighbor. And so we give some visible cues. My clothes aren't going to look the same. Maybe that's walking around in a hospital gown of some sort or something. You know, hey, I don't, I'm not feeling well. Maybe that's wearing a mask the covering of that upper lip and the hand over the mouth, living alone, not because you are not loved, but because you love your neighbor. And what's challenging for us is there's no easy spot on our skin around the coronavirus. You might have the sickness without knowing it, without having any symptoms for several days. And so what's challenging for us right now is it can feel preemptive, um, unnecessary to some to distance ourselves, but the challenge is, is we have no spot to go to the priest, to go to the doctor and say, hey, am I okay? And right now we're still trying to rush through making sure that people that even have the signs of symptoms can get to their doctor and make sure that they are okay or to find out that they need to spend some time in isolation. And so that's a challenge for us. And so we are trying to separate more than usual because None of us are sure whether we are the leper in the room from Leviticus' standpoint. And so if you do start to see that symptom and that sign, if you start to feel a fever or dry cough, obviously 
please talk to a doctor. Please contact your medical professionals as quickly as possible. And if you've been on site here at this church, if you've been in contact with other members of the church, at some point when it's safe in the midst of that journey to the medical um, doctors, we'd love to hear about it, not to share gossip, not to spread rumors, but we need to know what areas in our, in our church might need to be cleaned. We need to know which groups of people that we should reach out to to say, hey, you should be careful. You should distance yourself a little bit more. Watch out for symptoms. Um, and so we don't want to share your confidential information. Um, but if you do want people praying for you and you say, hey, share my name, we'd love to share your name if, with our closed community for prayer if that's necessary, if that's needed, if that's wanted. But, but we want you to feel safe and supported even if we can't physically be close together in this moment. And so we just don't know right now who's clean and who's unclean. And that should make us feel an empathy for each other because we are all uncertain. We are all unknowing of, of our current condition. And so it, 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 we don't want to wait too long to quarantine. We don't want to wait too long to separate out uh, and spread sickness faster. And so we, we've taken preventative efforts to kind of distance ourselves um, to save that one lost sheep. And so we've, we've done that spiritual practice. Now, I want to bring out one thing. So if, you, if you're not sick, if you are sick, there's an invite that's possible. We are all called in this moment not to be afraid, not to fear, but to love. And so we are all called to love our neighbors in this moment. And sometimes that can be more challenging. You probably heard on the news of a famous basketball player who uh, acted recklessly and got teammates sick. How on earth are we supposed to love our neighbor who is being reckless? Um, that's a challenge for us. We've got to work on that. But let's also be the person who loves our neighbor who is careful, uh, who supports each other from afar, who calls to check on each other, um, who loves while being distant. And so we realize that the one lost sheep might not have the luxury of being distant, that some people who are struggling to survive, um, maybe their work puts them in harm's way, like it's hard to be distant if you're in the medical profession right now. Um, so no matter who that, that sheep is, we want to have a love for them and understand where they're at. But we are socially distancing ourselves for the sake of the vulnerable, and that doesn't mean we can't be active, that we can't make a difference in this world and love people even from a distance. And so I heard one story this week that I thought might inspire you, uh, might uh, make you think about what do I do with some downtime if you happen to find yourself at home? Because we have a lot of kids who now have time away from schools. If you're in college, that means some online classes. But if you're uh, younger, that means more time at home. Well, we are not the only people who have ever experienced this kind of social distancing and this kind of fear of, of sickness. And so I was reading the story in the Washington Post about Isaac Newton. In the 1600s, uh, he was in his early 20s when the Great Plague of London hit. 
He was a college student at Trinity College, Cambridge, and they didn't have technology to know what exactly was going on. They didn't know what bacteria um, was causing the problem at the time, but they tried some social distancing, and so the school sent people away. They said, go home. Don't be together. So they sent uh, everyone away, and so Isaac Newton went home, but he wasn't tempted like our own age to just spend his time on Netflix or playing whatever game on the mobile device or watching the news 24-7. He continued his studies. And so first, he had some math homework. He had some math problems that he had been working on. And so as you do, if you're Isaac Newton, you just keep writing some papers and you come up with early calculus because you're Isaac Newton. And then you're like, well, I've got some prisms. What should I do with some prisms? And so he started experimenting in his bedroom with these prisms of, about light. And you might be a little bit afraid as parents about what your kids might do when they're home from school in this moment. And, and Isaac Newton went and, and he bore a hole in his bedroom shutters. That might make you a little bit concerned. But he was using his prisms and started his theories of optics in his bedroom. And yes, right outside his, his house and his window is that legendary apple tree that probably didn't happen the way the story happened uh, that we all hear, that you know, an apple falls on his head and he thinks, ah, gravity. But his, his assistant talked about the fact that he was musing in a garden. He's, he's thinking about gravity and he's thinking, well, you know, if an apple falls from a tree, and I've got time to think about this question, I wonder how high it'd go up and it'd still fall. Maybe, maybe all the way up to the moon and it'd still fall. And so he started working on his theory of gravity, uh, all while under self-isolation at home in the middle of a plague. Now, in that plague, London lost a quarter of their population. And we hear that, and I don't think we can actually hear that. Like, what on earth would it be like to lose one out of every four people you knew in your town? Like, the catastrophic proportion of that is hard to imagine. And so, whether it's one out of four people or, or, or one out of a hundred, all of this is real lives and pain uh, lost. And so we're distancing ourselves, but that doesn't mean we can't be active, that we can't be doing something with the time that God has given us in this moment. And so maybe we're not returning to Cambridge and becoming a professor in a couple of years with, with our crazy educational uh, gifting and talent, but there are people that we can make a difference in their lives even when we are far apart. And so I want to call us and, and, and have a hope for us that we keep our eyes open for how God might use us in the midst of being physically distant and separated. You know, the, the famous parable of the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan was not planning on the day that he had that day, but the Samaritan had eyes to see and a heart willing to act. And so when he saw someone in need, he, he swooped in and carried them and paid for them to get the care and the support that they needed. Now, obviously, in our own situation, however you help and support the vulnerable, we want you to be safe. We want you to be healthy and, and, and clean in the midst of that as much as possible. But have eyes for who is vulnerable in our midst. Uh, who's that one lost sheep that needs support right now? And so 
what are we going to do? If you're not at risk of severe illness, consider being those eyes, those hands and feet who offer help to those who need it even more than we need it. So if you have the ability and you want to help people, call, email us, Facebook us, let us know of, hey, I have some time, I can help. If there's a problem, I'd love to help you. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. On the other side of that, if you're at high risk and you're uh, unable to get something that you need, if, if, you're, if you're afraid of going out into public because you are at greater risk than some of other, others of us, we would love to hear that so we can help. And we don't know how to help unless you let us know. So please, please, please email us, call us, Facebook message us, however you, you communicate. Let us know so we can find those people who would love to help you and to take care of you in this moment. And so I, I have to give a little peek behind the scenes because I was originally going to talk about there's another way to handle money this week. And that's what I pivoted away from of we got to talk about health and, and viruses and, and what it is to be distant yet be spiritual and follow after God. But there's a lot of money stuff going on in the midst of this moment. Uh, there's people who aren't sure where their, their hourly pay is coming from. There's people who aren't sure how to take care of their kids. And, and, and everybody's concerned. And one of the things that I want to encourage us to do is to have a mentality that is not about hoarding, uh, but about being generous and giving of the things that we have to those who need it. And so uh, we want to continue to be supportive of those in our neighborhood and, and not fear scarcity so much that we take all of the random toilet paper at the store and hold it for ourselves. Right? We want to give things away. We want to support people instead of hoarding the stuff. And so uh, I want to remind people that uh, one of the things that our church does is help people, and we want to be able to support people as much as we can. And so normally in the service we do this offering time, and there's, there's plates and there's donations. Uh, you can always go onto our website on the top menu, there's always a give option. You can give online. But you can also mail checks into our church um, and it'll get to, the, to supporting the ministries that you always support. And if you've never supported us, we'd love to have um, you join us in supporting the mission and ministry of, of Jackson here downtown. And so we are hoping to continue to do as much good for our city to care for as many lost sheep as possible. And so I want to remind you to think about that in this season. If you uh, have the, the, the difficulty of you've found yourself in a situation that you're not sure how your resources are going to make it because of what's happening, again, we want to hear from you. We, we don't know how to help those uh, without hearing. So I want to conclude us with the question, How far would you go for that one lost sheep? If God was asking you that today, you know, how far would you go for that sheep? Would you grumble? Would you say no? Would you do it reluctantly? Would you rejoice like your God rejoices? 
The good news is no matter how you answer that question, God always answers that, that he will go as far as needed, even further than you ever expect. In a moment, we're, we're singing a song, Reckless Love, about God's radical love and pursuit of each of us. There's no shadow you won't light up, no mountain you won't climb up coming after me. And so as we worship God and celebrate the God who cares about each of us, even on our worst days, let us have hearts for our neighbors, for those around us, those uh, who are vulnerable, those who are caring for the needy. Everybody in our community needs our support right now. And so the God who seeks you calls you to love his lost sheep today. Would you pray with me? Lord God, your love sustains us. It gives us hope. It gives us peace. Lord, I ask that everyone who is, is troubled, who is afraid, might rest in your love. Rest in knowing that you, you seek after us, but you also seek after other people. You seek after the lost sheep. Lord, give us a heart for the people that you are seeking out. Lord, help us to care about everyone in our community. Let no one be overlooked in this time. Let us partner together, friend to friend, family to family, church to church, neighborhood to neighborhood. Lord, that even when we are apart and distance, Lord, that you are the one that brings us all together. And let us feel that togetherness in your embrace. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.